Hello, and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm Esty Wicket. Uh, Mr. Curzon is otherwise engaged. Um, I'm joined, as ever, by Luke Perry. Luke, how are you today? I'm very well, here, here and back for, an, for another unofficial OCP. Mm-hmm. And I fear, as you have taken up the role of the host, I must take up the role of the weather reporter. It's, it's November, mid-November now, isn't it? Big, it's coming to grey, Christmas. Isn't it? It's, yeah, grey, cloudy, a bit chilly. Everyone's got the heating on. And racking up those electricity bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about to get a, about to get real cold. I've got, I've got a space heater that I turn on for like ten second blasts every now and then, just to, just to you know, um, <laughs> get rid of the uh, the frostbite. It's getting to that time of year. Anyway, and uh, also speaking of getting to that time of year, it's getting into COVID season. Apparently, um, last week I made a prediction that. Um, what will happen is we'll live in this permanent state of uh, summer and winter life, where winter life will be spent uh, under grueling uh, conditions imposed for your own good, quote unquote, um, while the summer is generally speaking more free. Um, winter's coming um, and we'll begin with um, the Alpines, where Austria has um, gone off the deep end. Luke? So, yeah, we... Uh... We touched on Austria last week. I didn't. I didn't think back then it had fully imposed it. It was about to, but it's it's sort of a flip on a merry-go-round as of late because it went into a, a lockdown for the unvaccinated. Cases kept rising, shock horror, and then now uh, everyone is under de facto house arrest. And the government has also brought in a, a mandatory vaccination measure where all adults, I believe, must be vaccinated by. What was the date they gave? Uh, February of next year. Fe- February of next year, so a month before our NHS staff. Mm. So, um, I mean, other countries are imposing restrictions on the unvaccinated, not through any scientific scientific purpose. Fully vaccinated Gibraltar, which has administered enough doses to vaccinate 150% of its population, has uh, had to has cancelled Christmas celebrations because of a, of a spike in COVID cases. Now, for, for all the rhetoric of um, vaccines will stop transmission or even mildly prevent it, it it's all been shown to be bogus. Hmm. And uh, so, as I say, other nations, Greece, Slovakia, are um, hammering up rhetoric and imposing restrictions on the unvaccinated. Latvia has banned its unvaccinated MPs from voting, so that's we complain about an echo chamber. That's a real, hmm. you know, post-Soviet echo chamber there. Hmm. And once a highly centralised authoritarian continent, always a highly centralised authoritarian continent. Hmm. History is coming back. Yes, I, I, I've got a, got a quote here from the uh, recently installed um, Austrian Prime Minister. Um, we have not managed to get enough unvaccinated people to get vaccinated. The most recent measures have increased daily vaccinations, but not enough. For a long time, it was consensus that a vaccine mandate is not necessary, but we had to face reality. That's it. That, that's the that's the the, the bastard schoolmaster uh, approach to this. Is you know, it's it's well, you didn't behave, so now you're being punished. And I was talking to you before we started recording. It's the cry bully tactic. <laughs> he he cries out as he strikes you, hmm. and he absolves himself of responsibility by saying, "Oh no, no, no! You made me do this," even though in a if you're looking at it in a very logical way, they are the aggressors. No, they view themselves as the victims. They view themselves as being being driven by history, in a sense, that they aren't in control of, of their own actions. And that's 
well, that's the justification for any and all emergency powers, isn't it? Hmm. We have to do this. Hmm. And it also um, removes any chance of dissent because if you are against this, as we've said repeatedly before, you're accused of, you know, murdering granny. And it's very ironic that uh, Europe is complaining that not enough people are vaccinated when for months the European Commission did not allocate any vaccines to these nations. When Spain was busy vaccinating its people, the European Union said, no, stop doing this. So Northern European nations could hoard more for themselves in the end. So um, yeah, Europe hasn't got itself to blame for a slower than usual or what they wanted vaccine rollout. And besides, the European powers also hyped up fear over the vaccines because they wanted to... Uh, knock AstraZeneca down a pedestal hmm. Hmm. just kind of have to buy him in the end yeah <clears throat> I mean I, I can't believe the article I was reading about this is it's from Politico and, and the first sentence of the article is Austria has become the, the first western democracy to resort to mandatory vaccination resort to it mm. yeah they're, they're, they're washing their hands of it you know the, what they're doing is completely unnecessary it's not going to make a lick of difference in terms of the numbers it's just <laughs> It's just to get more sales of these massive companies who probably, you know, kicks them the other way. Yeah. And um, going about why they think these vaccine mandates will work, it depends on how um, complicit the populace is. I think some parts of Europe vary. But there was a study by the uh, Mises Institute that was analysing vaccine mandates in the United States. Now, of course, hugely different view of liberty in regards to the two places but they said that when the vaccine mandates were introduced no matter where they were no matter what industries they put on cops nurses whatever it just hardened people's beliefs not to be vaccinated because if you aren't vaccinated in the first place clearly haven't drunk all this kool-aid and, and all the sort of all this cultural tentacles and swirl, swirling around you so you in it your default position is to be inherently mistrustful of authority hmm. Hmm. so and applying it through strong arm techniques is only going to make that worse hmm. perhaps yeah. they want it perhaps they want that perhaps they want people to uh revolt so then they have a, a further excuse and that the sort of repressive cycle keeps repeating hmm. Hmm. people not rebel in such but show the mode of resistance so the regime has an enemy which yeah, yeah yeah exactly it, it, it has a goldstein um yeah and the, the again i keep saying this you know it happened so incrementally like if you were to show people in march 2020 a, you know a video compilation of what life is like today um if you show them you know vaccine mandates and you know, what's happening in australia and just complete abuse of power complete transfer of wealth destruction of the um middle class um they wouldn't have gone for it, but because it's happened so slowly and it's been, you know, pushed along the way by a relentless media campaign to make you afraid and to make you, you know, sort of reach your hand out for for the state to take care of you, then I mean, it doesn't surprise me that at this point people would sort of just live on with it, you know, because yeah, because like with, with every new restriction, people just think, oh, it'll pass, it'll pass, we'll get heads down, we'll get through, it and it'll pass, but it won't, because what it is is it's the I think that the reason we're in this mess is because the obedience in early 2020 was so high, was so great, was so venerated as, you know, everyone doing their bit. It was faux inspirational. It was, you know, there's all these you know, challenges and clapping on your doorstep and that sort of thing. And um, 
the the reason we're in this mess is because at that moment it was you know it was essentially a test of how far we could be pushed and you know and the result was this we by and large i mean obviously i'm excluding you know, me you and everyone else we, we we know and work with but what they what they got was yeah i'll stay in my house yeah i'll, I'll get i'll get my, my my first second third fourth fifth sixth seventh jab yeah i'll wear a mask all times that's what they that's what got, they they were incentivized to carry on because they got such a high reward from it you know and and um and you know amazon and tv networks have no incentive to to stop because you know people being at home watching the tv waiting for the latest fear update is getting them a lot of money yeah and um sort of research done into journalism before that fear articles sell more than happiness it's human nature to want to fear something rather than be happy because they'll increase your chances of survival so that's ingrained into our dna over hundreds of thousands of years i think what really sort of sold the regime um a golden ticket was that we did not know even though they did not know how dangerous covid was china wasn't being helpful china was manufacturing videos of people coughing and collapsing in the mm. street and it it refused to close its borders jinping wanted to spread it over the world to sow chaos and um other countries was sort of caught in caught in the mix uh, and and then of course they figured how much they could exploit it and how complicit its populations were and as we've talked about it before it was a culture of safetyism and fear and atomization that already embedded itself in the west that this lockdown would never have happened 10 20 years ago no one could have worked from home that there's not the technology around nor is there this mass infiltration of media in every space of our lives you only really got news from the morning paper or the evening news uh, and um that's why I think social media has played a huge, huge part in the fear, equally as much so as Salford and London. And uh, as I say, a, a study said that um, young people, despite being the least at risk, were the most fearful of COVID. And uh, old people, sort of, not by a lot, but the least fear, fear, fearful, despite being the most at risk, and can only put that down to one thing, which is instant access to media. Mm. and a culture that thrives on um fueling panic yeah no absolutely um again you know like um we, we can branch here into uh hopelessly asked on a statement by uh sajid javid who said you know who sort of warned that uh that depression was on the rise in this country and you know, <laughs> yeah really like okay. like is, is that is that insightful in any way no it's not i mean it's it's what, we, what we've already known that if you force people into isolation for months on end bombard them with fear and then threaten to take their life away from them i, I mean life in the in the spiritual sense of you know it being fulfilling and joyful and spontaneous not you actually being alive but take your life away from you unless you stick your arm out of course people are going to get depressed people, people feel hopeless they've lost all control of their lives they like right now we ostensibly have a relatively high degree of freedom compared to places like australia new zealand canada continental europe but the abuse isn't in what we're being forced to do at the moment it's in the fact that you know it's it, it being taken away from us is constantly being dangled over our heads um to, to the point where and I, I was saying this back in episodes during the lockdown which is that when the time does come where we're you know free to go out and live our lives i won't trust it because i've now been conditioned to think that at any moment it could start 
you know, the, the press cycle could start turning and all, before I know it, it's gone away from me again. You know, the pub's closed, the restaurant's closed. I can't go to work. I can't go to the gym. I can't, you know, see my partner, nothing. Yeah, that's uh, you've referred to that as the the, the sword of damage, please. And uh, what I found particularly disgusting about Javid's comment and and all comments really. Now, as you know, I have to find stories every day for the Daily Skeptics write about. I have to navigate through their uh, lexicon, and they always say COVID caused this. COVID causes increased depression. COVID causes increased suicide covid causes economic da damage but no it's not the disease that's causing it it was a public health crisis but this was a man-made disaster and that was the lockdowns and um this is another uh, sort of ploy as well because if this disease is, is causing all these ailments when really it's another problem which is and then it's, you saw this when they, uh, when Boris Johnson once said that the vaccines don't work. Maybe he was right about that, but he said that lockdowns were the only effective weapon against COVID. So the, of course, the cure is the, the disease is masquerading as the cure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is again, this is this horrendously grotesque cycle of a crisis is created. It's it the. The fear around that crisis is bombarded into the public where, until the point where they're neurotic and desperate and terrified. Um, and then they offer themselves as a solution to a problem that they created. You know, um, the, yeah, you're right. The lockdown is a, is a man-made disaster of epic proportions. And it won't be truly felt for a couple of years. But when that hammer does drop, it's going to drop hard. And it's going to break the floor. And, you know... Um, we're going we're gonna to be living with the, with the ramifications of a decision that we had no role in for the rest of our lives now because of this. Not just economically, not just in terms of restriction, but psychologically. I mean, kids who have been, I mean, I mean, it's probably all the time, but kids who have been raised in this era, I feel like infinite pity for. You know, I see all, all these stories of, you know, kids who, whenever they see a uh, hand sanitizer, they beg to, 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 you know, to wash their hands with it. You know, people who, kids who, you know, are terrified to remove their masks. That damage is gonna, they're gonna carry that into adulthood. And th and one day they're going to be the ones leading society, and they're going to carry that with them. And you know, and this is this isn't going to end for a very long time. And I don't think a lot of people realise that this is not going to end for a bloody long time. Yeah, this unhealthy hypochondria will be with us many, many, many years. Hmm. And this gener the sort of generation that's well, this generation as well, but certainly the generation before us have grown up in a world where the, the, their elders do not care about them. They've set up an economy which locks them out, a job market which is so, so competitive and which you also have to fight the rest of the world for this one place in a corporate office. And as, as I've referred to, sort of not just the lockdown generation, but sort of our generation, slightly generation before, the children of Saturn. There's... Um, children who are eaten by their parents because their parents are worried that they will lose fame, not lose fame, but sort of lose power and safety. And that as every, as it happens across the animal kingdom, children grow into adults and the adults go into elderly and they pass away. And I know we talked about this when we, when we were discussing the fourth turning, and that is that the modern world wants to stop time dead. 
that it, it wants to break the cycle of um of of life and death mm. it, it, and uh, i know i thought this was very clever they sort of use the example of central heating to say oh look we, we've defeated winter now whilst we're, we're thankful for central heating you have to say that um man being man is very ambitious when he uh, even if he requires very little and this is what we've seen with with the pandemic so people trying to conquer death at last hmm. yeah 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 it's um it's a consequence of godlessness and nihilism materialism yeah, yeah. it's that there's not there's nothing there's nothing beyond this there's nothing you know there's nothing um they see as being higher than the present moment they have no obligation to uh, future generations past generations no it's, it's all about them um yeah no i again i just i because it's it's you know hypochondria around you know uh disease season is normally reserved for the elders because obviously they're the ones who are susceptible to, to viruses i mean you know the the covid um average age of dying is you know older than the life expectancy it's you know it's it's um as brutal as it is it's uh it's a disease of the old really and the and the immunocompromised it it but what's happened here is that that fear and neuroses and powerful um disgust response at anything not six feet away from you and wearing a mask and vaccinated um has dripped down from the elder generation to the emergent generation to the point where again that when they matriculate and they begin calling the shots they're going to carry that with them because that that sort of they're they're at an age where their psychological imprint is being made by the world around them and they're 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 being raised in the world where the 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 high status emotion to fear is, is to feel is 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 fear uh, and anger. Yeah. Yeah. And as as I've said before, the the world a child grows up in views it as a state of nature. So mm. to these children, there may as well have been not a world before COVID. Mm. And um, it will. Well, there will be a balancing act one day when um. It does. It does go too far, and perhaps the generation after sees how damaging it is. That is. That is how societies change. One, the civilization right. tries. The civilization tries something, and then the younger generation sort of sees what mistakes it perceives and goes change it. Christ! Or, if, it, if, it, if it hasn't gone too far now, I do not want to be around when it does go too far. Oh, it will get worse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Been living in twenty straight months when it's been getting worse. Yeah, that's it. We should um, <clears throat> we can we can move on there and uh, go on the last topic, um, which is because I mean, yeah, I think we I think we've, we've kind of we've got it there. Um, but like, let, let's make a bridge here, and and you know, and I've always said that a big part of the reason we're in this mess is because of the corporate press. Um, an institution who, um, you know, has fallen to depths I never thought imaginable, has fallen further with its uh, coverage of the the Rittenhouse saga. We mentioned this last week, and I uh, this Sunday's OCP um, will include a, a section on it. Um, the 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 press have have just been behaving absolutely disgustingly for a number of years now. Probably really noticeably since 2016, 2015. Um, but they've now resorted to um, 
jury intimidation in one of the most high-profile trials of the century. Yeah, and um, Paul Rittenhouse. My God. People might see him as a hero, but he's got some psychological problems already because of this. Hmm. He would be intensely fearful now, and understandably so. Now, the media, of course, as we saw with the Cobden kids, aren't af- and uh, Justice Mallet are not afraid of going after one children and two children who are innocent. And um, yeah. well, let, let's just build on what we talked about last week. Um, so we discussed before the podcast that had the judge not been fair and honest as judges are supposed to be, he would be in the electric chair. And uh, so we talked about the um, highly partisan prosecution trying to bring down Paul Rittenhouse with his TikTok name. Now, TikTok is a, is a capital offence in my book to begin with. But um, what, 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 what name did uh, people find out that the judge had on his email? Oh, uh, is it Flufferboy? I, I don't know if it was too Flufferboy. We'll, t- we'll go with Flufferboy, yeah. yeah. That, I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what the number is, but I know it was some combination of 2, 4, and 0. I don't know if it was 240 or 420, but it was Flufferboy. It was probably 420. So that's what we have found out. But yes, the media have uh, resorted to um, trying to rig the trial through getting to the jury. Mm. Now, I believe an MSNBC reporter was trailing the jury bus, mm-hmm. which um, does carry a jail term. Because it's contempt of court, I doubt they'll ever get convicted or even charged. No, of course not. Um, the uh, protest, well, what protest there was, was allowed to go up to uh, the courthouse. Uh, I don't know what the regulations are, how many feet away you have to be, but I think the windows is a bit too close for comfort. And uh, when does the jury announce their verdict? Because I know well, they've, it, given it, a they've, day. they've been in deliberations for a couple of days now, so it's not. Um... It, it may come, so we're recording this Friday, um, it may come today, but if not, it'll be, it'll be Monday or Tuesday. Um, it's, it's, it, it's um, yeah, it's, 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 coming, it's coming up. So, if he gets acquitted, there will be riots. Yeah, of course. Even so. more riots, yeah, because, yeah. As, as we said, the corporate press has whipped up that Carl Rittenhouse was a white supremacist, Dylan Roof style, who just wandered into a an area full of peaceful protesters and open fire when um when video evidence even how manipulated the, the prosecution makes it still shows that rittenhouse acted in self-defense mm-hmm. see so yeah th- th- this is this is where i this is where i see the the american corporate press as being probably the most powerful institution in america because they aren't beholden to it you know occasionally yes in the case of sandman they'll have to you know dish out every now and then when they're caught out but the um was there, yeah, the only reason this, this kid's not already in the chair is because of the judge right um but what the, what this shows is an alarming trend in america where you know he's he's on two trials you know and one of them has already been found guilty he was found guilty the, the the day happened um the the press and activist class are able allowed and abetted in disrupting uh, what should be a fair trial without consequence like, like i said nothing will happen to them because of this same way nothing happened to them when they you know spent six months burning down american cities they um they, they live without consequence and they know it so i mean there's, there's no shame in this and and the you know in the um the journalist who was trailing the bus was ordered to by a, an NBC producer who since nuked her uh, Twitter and LinkedIn accounts. Um, 
she won't. No, she'll be forgotten about in you know in a week when she directly ordered this. There'll be no consequence for anything these people do, and they're se- severely interfering. They they put the rule of law into their into their crosshairs, right? Yeah, they they spend the they last put everything into their crosshairs. Yeah. They, they, they well for ninety percent of their coverage of the Trump presidency was negative, and uh, much of that was highly partisan and in a normal world shouldn't have been considered journalism i mean all the russiagate conspiracy theories Mm. Mm. and of course this will happen again some false flag attack will happen like they did in virginia some um, aggressive democrat activists will get punched and me the corporate press will only show one side of that story Mm. of the uh, Republican who injured a poor Democrat's fist with his chin, and um, I, I don't know what's going to be the breaking point. I'm sure there has been a breaking point, of course. When you've got all of America's institutions against you, it's sort of hard to move against it. Oh yeah, no, a lot of people have hit breaking point. A lot of people, yeah, um, especially in America. I mean, America, America is sort of both sides of the coin, and that it's you know hopelessly. Um, invaded by um by the regime to the point where it's wearing wearing the american skin as a trophy but also america has you know enclaves where you know life's actually all right <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. America, america operates at either end of the extreme it's 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 fascinating to watch yeah it's it's, it's, it's like here universities are just absolute no-go but back oh my god if you take out the media the uh, just modern culture that drifts from urban areas life's amazing yeah 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 no so we've um these are things we, we already knew though you know we already knew that the um the corporate press is absolutely shameless we all know that the the regime will will do whatever it can without scruples to advance itself. We 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 already knew this. This is just manifesting itself. It's just it's become very real because it's weaponizing itself in pursuit of spend making a you know an eighteen year old kid who defended his own life spend the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, as Michael would say on that bombshell, uh, I think we'll leave it there for this episode of uh, The Week in Review. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Michael. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Cheers.